This is week seven in our series on sustained, how that God wants to keep you. This is a huge deal because so many, so many believers are trying to keep themselves. They're trying to overcome things in their life and their own strength. They're trying to figure it all out. And if there's one thing about the world system, it will bring you to a place where you just, you just won't be able to figure it out. And the reason why I say that is you might figure it out on one level, but you'll never figure it out on the level of life that God wants you to live. And he wants to help us. We've been talking a lot about the grace of God, about how that literally we're connected to the grace of God and that there is a very specific place of grace for you. There's a place of grace that God has specifically for you to help you to work out and walk out his plan for your life. We've been talking a lot about who we are in Christ. And then last week we started talking about how that to walk in a position for God to sustain you, you must walk in the word of God. So I want to continue on with that. We could go ahead and put uh, Psalm 55 verse 22 up. Again, this is a foundational scripture of this. And there's many others like it in the New Testament that we've talked about. Uh, but Psalm 55, 22 says to cast your burden upon the Lord. And the Bible says if you'll do that, he will sustain you. Then it goes on to say he will never suffer the righteous to be moved. In the Amplified Classic translation, it says cast your burden upon the Lord and release the whole of it. So in other words, just let go of the whole burden and then he'll sustain you. Do you notice when you talk about God sustaining you, it literally is talking about you being in a position, it's, you're in the secret place. You're in the presence of God. All of the promises of God, everything God's done is already, he's already done it. It's already yours. The table's already prepared for you. It's not a matter of him doing anything. It's a matter of you receiving it. So everything we do as Christians, why do we walk in the, by the faith of God? Because that's the only way we could lay hold of these blessings. Why do we walk in the love of God? Because faith works by love. Why do we walk in the strength of God? Because God does not, there's no way that you can walk in the Zoe life of God in your own strength. It's impossible. So this is, why are we led by the Spirit of God? Because it's the Holy Spirit that will lead us and guide us into the truth of this. So today, I, wanna, I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to start in verse 10 because it really talks about walking in the word of God. It does a very good job and it'll help you today. Ephesians 6.10, where Paul is talking to the church at Ephesus and after all that he said to them in the last chapter of this great letter, and actually this was a circulatory letter, it was not... It, literally in the earlier manuscripts, it doesn't just say it was written to just the church at Ephesus. That letter was to be circulated. It literally was written to us today. The whole word of God is revel, relevant today. But it sa he says, at the end of this, 
Ephesians 6.10, he says, finally, my brethren. In other words, that word finally in the Greek means now to the most important thing at hand. The most important thing I'm going to tell you, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. This is a huge statement. In other words, he's teaching them how to walk in victory, right? The condition in the early church was these Christians were under extreme persecution. Like I was in Ephesus, Jeanette and I were in Ephesus with several other ministers, and there's this one area, it's called the library, and Ephesus, the remains are amazing because the new Ephesus was not built up on top of the old one, like a lot of cities in those times. So the remains are, are kind of, they're hard to uncover and everything. Nothing was built over this. So, I mean, you're walking and you come to this place and it's this huge building and it was, it was called a library, but then there was a gate that would go into what would be called their marketplace where you would go buy and sell. But in order to do that, you would have to literally light a candle or burn something and proclaim Caesar as Lord, or you could not buy or sell. Now, could you imagine, see, the early church, actually, they thought that that was the mark of the beast, which will be in the, in the, you know, in the seven-year tribulation period. But literally, this is they, they lived under extreme persecution. Timothy was killed on a street not far from that place. He was martyred for his faith. You know, all these things, extreme persecution. This church, it was the, it was the top church in all of the body of Christ in its day. The who's who taught there, went there and taught there, yet these people were not living in victory. So in other words, they were sitting under the greatest teaching, but they were not walking in victory. So this, the, this letter is dealing with it, right? So let's look at this, verse 10 again. Finally, now to the most important thing at hand, my brothers, be strong. This is in the commanded text, uh, tense in the Greek, and it's also in the locative tense. It's real interesting. Be strong. This word strong literally in the Greek would denote superhuman strength. We are commanded to be strong in superhuman strength, or in other words, in strength that is not ours. Right? It, and, and literally, it's, it's a continuous word. So it means to be continually strengthened inwardly with superhuman strength. Paul is telling these Christians, telling us today, the Holy Spirit is breathing that in order for you and I to walk in this world, in the Zoe life of God, we are going to have to be continually strengthened inwardly with God's superhuman strength. It's not optional. Not optional at all. And it says, be strong in the Lord. 
Now, this phrase, in the Lord, is in the locative tense. So the locative tense, it talks about our life in this world, that we are locked in to walking by our culture, by our time. We're locked in. We can't break out of it. The Bible says we were, we were locked into our sin, to spiritual death. We could never break out. It was locative. But then God sent Jesus. Now it's saying, be strong in the Lord, and this is written in the locative tense, and the reason why is the only place that you can find superhuman strength, the strength of God, is in the Lord. So see, we've been teaching, building up to coming to this plateau. God's saying, I'm commanding you to be locked in to superhuman strength in Christ. That's how we walk. So that's why we say in Acts 17, 28, for it is in him, in Christ, that we live, that we move, and that we have our being. Boy, I'll tell you, you know, this is a meal for you today. This, I mean, this is a healthy meal, right? This isn't just, this isn't just a sugar high, a banana split. No, no, no. This is, we, you know, we're eating our salad. It's got kale and all kinds of stuff in there, right? Right? I mean, on our plate, man, if you were to see this message, we might not run around and jump and, until you get some revelation, then you really will. But this plate, I mean, a quarter of it is filled with some really good lean protein. The rest of it has all kinds of vegetables. Yeah, there's probably Brussels sprouts on there, right? I've been told they're pretty healthy. Right? Can I preach a message without that coming up, right? <laughs> Everything for us is locked in the Lord. It's all in Christ. And here's the thing. You were created in him. Right? You are to live and move and have your being in him. Don't try to overcome things in your flesh in your own strength. Right? I was talking to my uncle and my uncle has uh, in Chicago has not had a drink of alcohol for probably almost 50 years. I, I think it's almost 50 years. And, uh, you know, he was part of the AA program for, for a long, long time. And, and he said, Tony, he goes, you know, at some point you have to, I, I can't remember the exact wording, but he says you have to submit your life and your will completely over to what they call a higher power. So in the AA program, it could be whatever higher power people, people you know, believe. Well, we know there's only one higher power. But even in the natural, the acknowledgement of, I can't do this in my own strength. Well, in Christianity, the whole Christian faith is we do everything in Christ, right? I'm not trying to live for God as a Christian, right? I'm allowing God to live through me. That's how I walk as a Christian, right? So this is, I walk in the strength and the resources of Christ, not my own. This is why Paul said, you know, I have been and am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But wait a minute, wait a minute. It's not I that's living. It's Christ that's living in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live it what? What? 
by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me, who loves me, right? This is a huge thing. So finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power. This is God's ruling power. It's the Greek word kratos. Be strong in the Lord and in the power. The, The word kratos means the strength, power, and dominion of Almighty God. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. This word might, it literally means ability. In the power of his ability. Well, what kind of ability does Jesus have? Well, right now, he's just, as he's in your life, he's also holding the whole universe in its place. He's the creator of all things. Everything was created by him. Everything is sustained by him. And he's saying, listen, I want you to be strong in me and in the Kratos strength of my ability. So you'll hear me say things like this to people that are called into the ministry, which you know how many people are called into the ministry here? For us to know that number, we'd have to ask an usher. Because every one of us is called into the ministry. But he doesn't call you according to your ability. He calls you according to his ability. Because we're human beings. God created us. Not to do things for ourselves or by ourselves. We're created to do everything with him. In the same way that the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, they do everything together. We are to do everything together with God. That's exciting. We're commanded, in other words, by this verse right here, you're commanded to tap into the very resurrection power of Christ. That's the way you're supposed to walk. Do you think there's anything in this world that could even come close to moving a child of God who's walking in this? The Bible says you're immovable in him. Right? So we're to live victorious in this present evil age in spite, as we're going to see, satanic oppression. How do we do that? Through God's ability and power. This is why as we're walking, there's going to be satanic attacks. There's oppression. There is a satanic hierarchy. However, they've all been stripped of all their power. And we are the ones with authority. But we have to know this to walk in this. So to be strong, we will have to live every day in him. Right? And this is, this is, the, this is the, the thing. With our technology and with our lives, we can just jump out of that and start living in our own life. Get distracted and forget who we are. And God doesn't want that for us. So the church of Ephesus, man, greatest teaching, we're still not walking in victory. Paul is saying to this church and to every church that in order to live in victory, you're going to have to know something about the armor of God. Because he's going to go into and liken it to the armor. He's going to liken it to a Roman soldier's armor, right? But he's, gonna, he's basically saying to these guys, you're going to have to understand something about the armor of God in order to walk in victory. 
In other words, Paul, in these next verses, is going to show us how to turn knowledge of the Word of God into victory in your specific life. This is huge. Do you think we need that? Absolutely need that. See, our weakness is not an issue if we're drawing on the divine ability and power of God. Your weakness is never an issue. Paul said, listen, I'll glory in my own weakness because when I'm weak, I'm strong, right? Because his grace is made perfect in my weakness. So one of the greatest benefits of our lives as Christians is not a changed life. It's way beyond that. It's an exchanged life. See, Jesus literally took your life and he gave you his life. So, so yeah, yeah, our, is our life changed? Absolutely. But it's not about that. It's, we got to go deeper. It's an exchanged life. Isn't that good news? Man, that's good news. So verse 11, so now it gets into this. So verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And how are we going to do that, Paul? I'm so glad you asked. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. Well, we have to start with the word put on. This is not something that you put on like you put clothes on. This is the Greek word enduo. It literally means to be endued with something. So Jesus told his disciples, listen, after his resurrection, don't go anywhere except go to Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. He told them, don't go out and try to do anything now, right? You got to go to Jerusalem. You have to be endued from, with power from on high. We know that as the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came upon them, right? Well, in the same, it's the same Greek word. Be endued with the whole armor of God. So if it's the whole armor of God, whose armor is it? God's armor. So he's saying, be endued with God's armor. Wow. So if you put on God's armor, guess who you look like? Right? And it says, do this that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You allow the armor of God to endue upon you that you may be able to stand. In other words, if the armor of God is not enduing, uh, endued upon you, you will not be able to stand. Now, the word stand means to survey the battlefield. I love this. So, as I allow the armor of God to be endued upon me, and we're going to talk about how to do that, what it does is, is it, it literally lifts me up to survey the battlefield. So it gives me a look at the battlefield from God's perspective. So in other words, I might be only be able to see some things from here, but if, if, I, if I'm endued with the word of God, then what it does is it lifts me up. 
So now I am up here. Where am I? I'm seated with Christ far above all principality and power. So now I have an aerial view and I'm like, oh my goodness, look, he's coming over here. He's coming this way. Because I got to tell you, he is coming. Right? We all know that. And he's defeated. And he wants, he wants to make himself look a lot bigger than you are. But he's not. So this will not only show me where he's coming, it'll keep me ahead. Do you, you're going to notice there's no armor for the back. Because we are never to be anywhere else with Satan than face to face. He can't sneak up on you if you allow the armor of God to manifest upon you. Isn't that amazing? In other words, think of your life right now. Could you imagine that you never get surprised with anything anymore? You're not surprised by anything in life. You're prepared for everything that comes. But also, to survey the battlefield, you get a real good look at who your enemy is in relation to you. In other words, being endued with the armor of God, it gives you an advantage, right? It always gives you an advantage. So let's look at this. It says, be endued with the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wild of the devil. See, that you may be able to stand against. Well, how do you know you're always to be face to face with Satan? Because the word against is the word pros. It literally means face to face. You are never, you are never to have the enemy sneak up and try to take you out from behind you. Right? Now, for you parents, that means that not only for you, but you have this same thing because you have, for little ones, you have unlimited authority in their life. So that means, because see, Satan will start messing with kids at a very young age. I know for me, the Lord showed me, I had a discerning of spirits where he showed me a lie that he planted. I saw, I saw myself as a four-year-old little boy in our apartment in Chicago, and there was this black mist on my shoulder, and I knew it was a demon. And it whispered in my ear, you're worthless. Well, a four and a half year old doesn't even know they're worthless. But as soon as I saw that, as soon as the Lord showed that to me, it was as if something fell off of me. And he said, Tony, whenever a lie is exposed, it loses its power. The reason why I'm saying that is you as parents teach your kids, but know as, as they're little, man, you have ultimate authority. Satan's not coming into their bedroom, lying to them, right? He's not allowed. I mean, I remember that with our kids growing up. I remember distinctly, I don't even know if David remembers this, but he was just a really little guy. And I'm down studying. And the Lord goes, Satan's lying to him, go into his bedroom right now. And I went up there, and he was kind of crying in his bedroom. And we prayed, and that presence left. See, that's good news. So it says, well, you guys look so serious this morning. You guys doing okay? This isn't boring you, is it? I know it's not boring me, man. I'm excited about this. It says that we're to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
the methodia of the devil. That's the Greek word. The wiles. That sounds so wild, doesn't it? Sounds kind of scary. The wiles of the devil. This Greek word literally means his method. It literally means to travel down one road one way. Satan always comes one way against you. And he comes against your mind. He comes against all of us the same way. A circumstance happens in our life, and what happens? A thought is dropped in our mind. You get a diagnosis from the doctor, and if it's a bad one, all of a sudden a thought hits your mind of what's going to happen to you. Right? It's always the, the mind. He travels down one road, one way. The wiles of the devil. So he has a single avenue of attack for all of us, and it's against your mind. The battlefield in your life is your mind. It might not look like that in your natural life, but it is. Think about that. The Bible says as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Right? There, there's, some, there's some principles here. But the wiles of the devil. Allow the whole armor of God to manifest upon you. Right? Well, how does that happen? As a result of you continually drawing from his power and ability, now the, ma- the armor of God manifests upon you that you may be able to stand face to face, survey the battlefield against the one way, the one avenue attack of the devil against your mind. And the word devil really shows us how he comes. It's the word diabolos. Dia means he's trying to penetrate through something to the other side. And how he does that by the the rest of that word, abolos. That word abolos means to blow after blow, to throw something over and over and over until it breaks through something. So we know that how Satan is going to attack you every time is he's going to throw thought after thought after thought after thought. And if you don't take those thoughts captive with the word of God, they will penetrate your mind and now he will start playing mind games with you. You could always tell when you're not in a right place because things will get very confusing. You know God's a healer, but you're so confused because, man, my body is doing this and that. And I, I just... But the reason for the confusion is you've taken some thoughts. They've penetrated your mind. Got to get them out of your mind. This is why Paul said to the Romans, he's like, listen, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, Romans 12, 1, that you present your body a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And then what does it say? Don't, verse 2, don't be pressed into the mold of the world but you be transformed by the renewing, the renovation of your mind. It's all about the mind. So literally, this verse would read this way. You and I are to allow the whole armor of God to manifest upon us as we continually draw from his power. See, in other words, you and I are going to have to deliberately do something 
to allow this armor to manifest in our life. You're, you and I, see, it doesn't happen automatically, right? In other words, God wants you to use his armor. Isn't that amazing? And, and here's the thing. His armor fits you perfectly. Isn't that amazing? I mean, you think of God's armor, but see, this is the way his armor is. I mean, he's, he's great, Right? I mean, when, when we stand before him, we're going to go, whoa, dad, you, you are incredible, right? But his armor, when it comes upon you, this is because, see, God's love, he always does everything for everybody else. His armor was made for you. Do you know he doesn't need it? Right? He didn't say when Satan was up in heaven rebelling, oh, man, you know, Michael, go get my armor. I got to go kick this guy's butt. No, no. The Bible says that Satan kept saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to ascend above the most high. I'm going to be like God. God didn't get his armor. He just did this. And then God said, you'll be brought low. Guess what happened when that happened? Woo. Gravity of the earth took over in heaven. Right? He probably still has a lump on his head from that one. The truth of God's word, because we're going to see that the armor of God is literally revelation knowledge of his word manifesting in your life. The truth of God's word will always remove the deception of the devil. And when that happens, it breaks his power off your life every time. So the truth of God's word will always dispel the deception of the enemy. And it breaks his power. Anything, anything oppression, it breaks it off of you. Putting on the whole armor of God causes you and I to be the aggressor in the fight. It gives us a superior position against this one road, this one way the devil always comes against us. Do you see that? This is huge. So now hold your finger there, but go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. You know, the Lord was really stirring me for our church that we have to... It's, it, I, I can't tell you how important it is for you to always be strong in the Lord. This is not the time to be a Christian by title only. This is not the time to be putting other things before God. Because as we get closer to the end of this church age, things can get a little crazy on the outside, but it's never to get crazy on the inside for us. Right? And see, what do I mean by that? Do, do, do I mean that I'm going to have to live in all this craziness on the outside? Not in my life. No, 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 no evil's going to come near my dwelling place, right? I, 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 I dwell in the secret place. A thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it's not going to come near me, right? Great will be the peace of my children. They'll be taught of the Lord. No weapon that's formed against me is going to prosper. And I'm immovable in righteousness. So 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 
It says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So in other words, if you're ignorant of Satan's devices, he can get an advantage over you. But we are not to be ignorant of his devices, so he won't have an advantage of us. And congratulations today, if you are ignorant of them right now, you're not going to be in the next two minutes, right? So you don't ever have to deal with this anymore. This word devices is the Greek word noe mata. It means a tormenting and confusing mind game. If Satan created a game, on the cover it would, it would read noe mata. That would be Satan's game. And what it would be about a tormenting and confusing mind game. That's what he always plays, right? It literally means the scheming of the mind. It literally can be translated the scrambling of the mind. Do you know if you put an egg in a pan, you can tell very distinctly the yolk from the white. But if you take a utensil and scramble that yolk, all the lines seem to go away. It just all kind of blends together. You couldn't tell the yolk from the white anymore. And that's what Satan wants to do in your life. When you understand this one way that the devil comes against you, you will allow the whole armor of God to manifest upon you. When you understand this, because you and I know, we've all been there. Have you ever been noemotted? Wow, yeah, right? So devices... This word noemata, this word devices, is a word that you must know in order to understand spiritual warfare. This is the one way Satan comes against you. You could say that we're teaching on spiritual warfare this morning. You know, you're not going to go to an army surplus store and get some fatigues and go up on a mountain and start casting. No, that, that's not. That's not spiritual warfare. That's stupidity, right? That Jesus already took care of Satan. But now we have to learn how to deal with him in our lives to make sure that he is always in that position of being defeated. The reason why he comes against your mind, we all know this, right? He can't come against your spirit. He can't touch your spirit. Your spirit is so far beyond his reach. So now let's look at this, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, just go a few more chapters. Verse 3. It says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. This means they're not of human origin. So not only are you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, you're not to use your own weapons against him. The weapons of our warfare are not of human origin, but it says here, for though we walk in, let me just read it here. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty, through God, 
They're only mighty through God, right? And to the what? But mighty through God to the pulling down. This word pulling down in English is a little wimpy. It literally means the complete, the the word pulling down means the complete destruction of something. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. Thank you so much, sweetheart. For the utter destruction of strongholds. So this is an example of a Roman, this is like, it's a replica of a Roman sword that they would carry. And it had two edges. I taught on this one time years ago and a guy gave this to me. So he collected these. So it would have been the same size, same weight, everything, except the Roman sword would have been a lot more sharper, or a lot sharper. So, but you'll see the importance of this in a minute. For the pulling down of strongholds, and then it says this, verse 5, casting down imaginations. These weapons of our warfare which come from God and they work through God are for the purpose of destroying strongholds. Well, how do you destroy a stronghold? Now, what is a stronghold? Let me back up and say this. So this is what happens in your life. Your mind and your business, you're walking through life. Satan's throwing thoughts. If you don't take the thought captive with the word of God, if you don't, if you don't get it out of your mind, you will eventually start taking it. What, what it means to take a thought is you'll start speaking it. See, you and I are speaking spirits just like our father. When we speak, things happen. Satan knows this. That's why not only is life in your tongue, but it says life and death is in the power of your tongue, right? So what happens when you take thoughts and you don't use the weaponry that God has given us and you start taking them and start speaking death over your life, what will happen is you are literally building in your mind a vain imagination. What is that? It's like a little movie that plays in your mind of you doing something contrary or living in a manner contrary to what God wants you to live. Contrary to life. Well, what happens, see, these little demons that are assigned against you, man, they get all excited about that. So they'll keep throwing that thought so you keep building because he wants it to go from a 1080p video going on in your mind to HD, 8K, you know, he'll go 4K, then 5K, and then like the Apple Store has an 8K monitor. He wants you, and then it'll actually become really virtual reality to where you are living in this. You, you have this, this movie that's playing that you either, I'm not good enough, uh, I'm a mess, I'm self-destructive, I don't deserve this, or I'm weak, or I'm not smart enough. Uh, my financial life will never change. You'll start to see poverty. You'll see yourself living in it. You'll see your kids living in it. All of these things, sickness, you'll see yourself getting worse, worse, worse. You'll even see your funeral. You'll see your family hurting after you're gone and lacking after you're gone. I mean, there's no end to this. So then, or, or if it's a, let's say it's an addiction, you'll see yourself 
Here you are, you're trying to stop drinking, you're trying to, to stop on drugs or stop looking at pornography, but you, it'll just be this thing playing in your mind all the time of you doing this. And then what happens is now we have to move this. This is what Satan wants to do. He wants to move this from just a vain imagination, a little movie playing in your mind. He wants to move it to a stronghold. He wants to build a stronghold is the word stronghold literally means prison. Here is the evil thing about it. You know, every stronghold in an individual's life, Satan didn't build it. See, Satan can't build it. He's got to get you to build it. So, so he knows once the movie's going, he's getting you, he's equipping you now to build the stronghold, the prison for yourself. You're speaking it. I can't seem to overcome this, all this stuff. And then what he will do is he will keep things going. So if it's a pornographic addiction, all of a sudden, I mean, you're walking down the street and you'll see a magazine. You, I mean, it, it's just talk to people that have had a sexual addiction. It's like stuff comes out of the woodwork. If your problem is not being faithful, uh, a, a woman or a man who's not faithful, they're always going to, Satan's going to bring people in their life to connect them to that, to keep that behavior going. If it's alcohol, you're going to be, it's, it's always going to be in your life, right? He's, because why? If you, if he could keep the behavior going, if he could keep you that behavior going as you walk in that behavior and with that movie playing, now you're walking in the behavior where it's not just the movie that's playing. You're not just seeing yourself this way. You're not just talking about it, but now you're actually acting on it. You know, I'm not going to walk in forgiveness. You got to be careful because you'll build a prison for yourself and you'll get very bitter. So, so what happens as the behavior keeps going, it builds into a stronghold, a prison. Do you know you can't break into a prison? Satan loves that because if you're in a prison, your brothers and sisters in Christ can't break into this prison. But also I can't break out of it. So what am I going to do? I've got great news for you today. It's right here. The weapons of our warfare, they're not of human origin. They're not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the destruction of strongholds. How do I, how do I, how do I take the weaponry of God and destroy a strong, stronghold? Verse 5, casting down imaginations. I start casting down this word imaginations is the Greek word logismos. It's the logical thinking of a deceived mind. I cast this down. Casting down imaginations and every high thing. This is a lofty thing. This word high thing means that the, the assault is against your mind. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Wow. See, everything Satan does 
is he wants to come against the knowledge of God. What is eternal life? It's the knowledge of God. How do you walk in eternal life? You have to have the knowledge of God. You have to allow the word of God to manifest upon you to walk in his strength. So we need this. This is, this is so important that we know. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. This word exalt, this is not an in-your-face exalt. It means, this word exalt means something that slowly and progressively takes a place of preeminence in my life. In other words, it's slow. There's thoughts here. I don't even maybe even perceive them that they're even an issue. Right? See, when a daddy long leg comes at me, if one's coming at me, they say it's like one of the most poisonous spiders in the world. The problem is, who cares? His teeth can't even penetrate human skin. So it's a non-issue to me. Right? It's just, it's nothing. But, you know, what what happens, or, or, or let's say, Let's just say even a black widow, you know, it's coming at me. Well, whatever, you know, okay, wow, that freaks me out a little bit. (laughs) Problem solved, right? But am I going to let them live in my house? No, because what happens? They tend to breed. Pretty soon, you know, like if one black widow was coming at me, I probably, it probably wouldn't be that big of a deal. But if I had 400 of them coming at me right now, I'd be like, you know, I'm out, right? <laughs> and I'd probably be all alone because you guys would be like, yeah, we love you, Pastor. Hope you're walking in the armor of God, right? <laughs> I'm out of here. We'll pray for you. We'll, we're charismatic. We'll pray for you, right? So slowly and progressively, think of it like this. You've heard, you've heard about putting a frog in warm water. Then you turn it up one degree. Let him sit there until he gets comfortable, turn it up another degree. And that's what Satan does with us. Just little by little by little until this will take precedent over the word of God. You've heard me say this before. If the word of God is preeminent in my life, nothing, my circumstances will never move me. But if I allow my circumstances, the thoughts to take precedent, Now the word doesn't move me anymore. Does that make sense? And even though I'm free, I don't know it. And that's how I'm deceived. It says here, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity. Now this is the key. Bringing into captivity what? Every thought to the obedience of Christ. In other words, I am to, this, this word, every thought to the obedience of Christ, this literally means I make my mind listen. I, in order to stop this whole process, I have to take every thought captive. Now this is where the, this is where the sword comes in. Because Paul was using a Roman military term. And so I'll take this out because this isn't attached to my belt. But on a Roman soldier, he would have this thing attached here. 
and to take somebody captive. This is everybody who read this letter would have known it. They might have even seen this gruesome act. If a Roman soldier, they were trained in hand-to-hand combat, they knew how to use their body weight, they knew how to use, they had this breastplate on, all this stuff, and if, some, if they were going to try to apprehend somebody, they would literally grab the person and slam them into their breastplate and arc their arm around them, and then they had a way of pulling this out, and they would turn the person's body and twist it and jam this sword right up their spinal column. Could you imagine having that jammed up your spinal column? And if you look at it, that pretty much does it, doesn't it? Guess what happens? You're you're literally, you go from being able to move to now you are instantly paralyzed from the neck down. You can no longer move. This is not a progressive move that the person will fight you with. I mean, the minute, the minute that blade goes in, it severs the spinal cord and it renders the person, they can't move. So, so this was the term that Paul used to take every thought captive. In other words, thoughts are very dangerous. This is why Jesus said, guys, be careful what you're hearing. Be careful who you're hearing and be careful how you're hearing. So the biggest battle in our minds is against the doubts and the preconceived notions that will tell you that God's word just won't work for you this time. It's what it all boils down to. Yeah, you know, that preacher that's telling you this, no, it's not working this time. He doesn't really understand your situation. No, that's a lie. The word of God works every time if you work it, right? Every person who in the Bible who failed, it all started with a wrong thought that they did not take captive. See, if you look at, we're talking about being strong spiritually, but, but never forget this. Spiritual authority and spiritual strength are interchangeable. How much authority do you have? You have all authority. Spiritual authority and spiritual strength are interchangeable. So get excited about that. Because how strong are you in Christ? How strong is he? Right? I love that. Thoughts... As we've said this so many times, if you've been around here, how are thoughts governed? They're they're governed by what you observe, by who you associate with, and by teaching that you sit under. And by teaching, I would throw that, you got to use your TV at home. Man, I'm telling you, all you got to do is turn on the TV to sit in the seat of the scornful, right? You got to be careful. Who will help you? Am I saying throw out your TV? No. I'm saying be led. Right? So Satan will always attempt to create, plant, and nurture wrong thoughts so that he can control the mind. Because if he can control your mind, he's got you. Right? 
He, see, if, if Satan can control the mind, what does he control? The emotions which will drive a man or a woman. Satan drops thoughts from the outside. Thoughts from God always come from the inside. God always speaks to your spirit, man. Fellowshipping with God through meditating in his word will teach you how to discern where thoughts originate. And this is the biggest thing. Why do I meditate in the word? See, as I meditate in the word, I'm able to discern good from evil. So many times, Satan's thoughts can get you off, but they don't start out evil. But it's like if you went home today and you grilled, you know, go to Hy-Vee and get their prime fillets. We get those. They're not cheap. But as a griller, my wife thinks I grill wonderfully. The reason why is you can't mess this thing up. The, the meat is so awesome. Even if you overcook it, it still is, you could, it's still so tender, right? But if I made one of those for you, nice eight ounce, should I say this at, well, 10, 18? Yeah, it's still steak and eggs if you're a breakfast person, right? But this nice filet, you could kind of hear it sizzling. But what if, what if only 5% of that, I sprinkled poison on it? 95% of it would be wonderful. But guess what? It would get the same result. You would die, right? So this is why, why you've got to be careful. You have to know where these thoughts are coming from. As you grow spiritually, listen, the Bible talks about that, that we're able to discern good from evil. See, this is what people think when I say this. Okay, this thought comes, and this is a good thought, and I see that it's good. This one comes, and it's evil. Nope, 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 nope. Nope, you'll, you'll get all messed up. This is an evil thought from the outside in. This is a good thought from the inside out. So you have to learn how to live out of your spirit. And that's why as you're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, Ephesians 6.10, right? As you, as you do these things, you, you will get very sensitive to where these thoughts are coming from. Deception It happens in a person's life the moment a person believes the devil's lies. So let's finish this up. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. It says, For we wrestle not, and I'm going to close with this today, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Wow. So say that with me. Uh, We wrestle not against flesh and blood. I never wrestle against flesh and blood. Say this with me. I never wrestle with people. Say this with me. People are never my problem. That got a little harder to say, didn't it? Because you're like, are you kidding me? Right? No, no. This is telling us we wrestle against flesh and blood. But we do, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle with something. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, 
spiritual wickedness in high places. So this literally is, is telling us at least four ranks of satanic hierarchy that we'll have to wrestle against. Here's the really good news on this one. Jesus has given us complete authority over all of these. All of these, I mean, doesn't that sound, wow, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world. How would you like that job? You know what that means in reality? Nothing. Completely, like principalities, completely stripped by Jesus. Powers, completely brought to nothing by Jesus. Rulers of the darkness of this world, completely nothing. They've been brought to nothing and stripped by Jesus. Spiritual wickedness in high places. A lot of times when Christians, when, they, when they'll quote this verse, they say in heavenly places. But no, 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 it's high places. And, and, it, and it's literally, it denotes the air under the mountain. Satan was cast to this earth. One Christian astronaut, I can't remember his name, years ago, he talked about they were, in, they were on a space mission and there was a problem with the space shuttle. And literally, he said he prayed and instantly got the answer. He was like, I had never experienced anything like that in my life. It was as if nothing was hindering that at all. Well, there was nothing hindering it at all because he was out of the earth's atmosphere. Satan's here. So see, we always think Satan's so big and bad. You know, he's not omnipresent. He has a satanic hierarchy and we have authority over every one of them, right? See, in other words, you cannot win a spiritual battle if you're fighting it with carnal or human weapons, right? We've got to know that. So this is why, and you know, I'll go ahead and just stop with that. This is why we'll, we'll finish this later as the Lord leads us, but I hope this helps you a little bit. This is why we have to allow the armor of God to manifest upon us. We'll go into it next week and we'll talk about a little bit about the armor because the armor denotes certain things. Like it says in front of all using the shield of faith, by which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Well, why does it quench all of them? Well, in the natural, a Roman soldier would literally soak his shield, which was covered in leather, right? He would soak it in water. Why? So that whenever an enemy shot an arrow at him, when that fiery arrow would hit, if it was on fire, it would just quench it because it was soaked in water. And that's what God's saying, listen, the shield of faith will stop every fiery arrow. We're, so we'll, we'll look at this next week. I want you to see, guys, it is a very, it's not, it's not complicated. It's very simple to walk in the strength of God. To be honest with you, to try to walk in your own strength is very hard and complicated. To walk in the peace and strength of God, the Bible calls it a rest. Amen. And that's what God has for you. Well, I hope this has helped you a little bit today. Praise God.